Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. I'm Ben. I'm Craig. And I'm Derek. This week, we're talking about London's new ban on Uber, Twitter's take on world peace, and the Equifax hack. Without further ado, let's get started. Craig, what do you have for us this week? I came across an article from The Guardian uh, in the UK uh, just about a recent decision that uh, their transport association over there, I think it's called Transport for London, has made to uh, ban Uber from London streets. Uh, and basically just wanted to talk about the decision itself, the role of government, uh, what, what we think about what's happened here. I don't know if you guys have caught up on this news. I think it's pretty recent. Did you Have you heard about this? I haven't actually seen this one, so a crash course would uh, would be helpful for me. TLDR, London banned Uber. Well, <laughs> yes, but reasons? <laughs> okay, so um, basically the article that I'm looking at, there's, there's a whole bunch of articles out there. Uh, the Guardian even alone has quite a few. Um, is called London's Uber decision might be unpopular, but, but it's the right one. Uh, there's another one that says Uber deserved to lose its license. Londoners' safety must come first. Uh, and so I guess the crux of it is around um, Uber not being a great company in general and then London kind of making a decision that it's particularly a safety issue for its uh, citizens. So I'll just, I'll just quickly read um, a couple of paragraphs that kind of summarize what's going on here. It says... Uh, and I love this first bit because it sounds so weird in our left secular society. Progress isn't always a good thing. It does not have to be accepted as regardless of its consequences, whether to the safety of passengers, the living conditions of its drivers, the traffic on our roads, or the amount of tax collected. Uh, since arriving in London in 2012, Uber has become a staple due to its ease of use and relatively low costs, but also the feeling of safety that it has offered people, especially women, traveling alone. That you can be picked up where you are quickly by a driver whose face, name, and rating you can see beforehand is of great comfort to many. Yet it is fears for passenger safety that makes up a large part of TFL's reason, re- reasoning for the ban. And it was only in August that Uber was singled out by the Metropolitan Police for a failure to promptly report sex attacks by its drivers. The idea that Uber is the safest way to get home may be more one of perception than reality. So, from what I understand, there was there's some be- been some um, criminal activity by drivers or alleged criminal activity by drivers that Uber hasn't properly reported to the authorities. So, that's obviously um, not excusable. Uh, and then there are, there's one other sort of safety issue around some of the certificates that they make their drivers get um, that just the process isn't, it sounds like the process isn't very watertight, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, There's a few different things that I thought about this, and then I want to kick it over to you guys. Uh, Part of me wonders, uh, is the the role of a transport body like this to do this kind of um, sort of citywide ban, or should they be working with Uber to address the issues? Um, You know, there's the issue of uh, capitalism. Like, if, if a business is doing poorly in terms of their business practices, then the market in some ways can decide that that business is not worth using and therefore the business, you know, suffers and has to change its ways. Um, But there's also the side where, uh, you know, I guess biblically we would look at the role of government being to restrain evil. And so if Uber is actively 
participating in this somehow by not being, um, uh, you know, strict enough or not having appropriate or responsible measures in place to protect their customers, then uh, maybe it is okay for um, sort of a government body to say, hey, we, we actually feel like there's there's some sort of inherent evil in the way that Uber is operating. Um, and sure, it might be on a driver by driver situation, but because it's not being addressed as a whole, we need to um, take some action here. So, I just thought it'd be interesting to have a bit of a uh, discussion about that. What do you guys think? Yeah, so so from my understanding, basically Uber's being banned because of bad behavior in in general, right? Uh, yeah, but particularly some some attacks that have happened. It sounds like they've happened, um, yeah, you know, over the last however long, and and they haven't been reported properly. So I guess there's the issue of if you go on Uber, sure the driver might have a nice rating, but if something then happens and Uber doesn't take it seriously, then is that really a safe transport thing method? There's also the fact that Uber has a bit of a checkered past in general, so that probably is a factor as well. Right. So, so a lot of this looks like uh, basically consumer consumer protection. Um, you don't want to get bit by the company that you're paying to do a thing for you, um, which uh, at some point is an appropriate role for the government to take. Right. I mean, I mean. Um, libertarianism is basically, I mean, even if you're libertarian, at some point, the government needs to stand in to keep people from harming others, which I, I think is kind of the general philosophy of, of, of libertarianism. Generally, people will do okay on themselves by themselves, but there will be cases that you need to, you know, actually enforce uh, some sort of a moral code to, um, you know, keep people from hurting each other. Um, so, and 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 I'm sure I'm going to get libertarians out of the woodwork telling me telling me I'm wrong about these sorts of things because I, I you know I don't know the the theory <laughs> I'm not a huge nerd about politics but anyway so I I would say at some point this is appropriate for for a government to step in and say hey you are um you're being a bad little boy and you must go sit in the corner for a while and rethink your life um before you you know allow more people to be hurt like this. So, you know, this is, I'm kind of intrigued that this is the first time, I feel like this is the first time Uber has had this experience of actually being banned from a city or, 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 or something like that. Is that the case? Ben's shaking his head. I don't think so. I, I think they've had significant issues in France as well. Oh, okay. If I recall correctly. I, I could be wrong. I think that's probably months or even years old so mm -hmm. that it may be very different now but i remember early on in the uber life cycle uh they had particular issue with government in france and i think also in new york although they definitely haven't been banned as far as i know in new york mm -hmm. yeah yeah they've, they've seen some more pushback issues. on on some of their activities um but this is like the first time it's been like uh no you will stop Leave yeah, we've place. talked about problems at Uber before. Listeners will remember episode 76, and they are a very, um, hmm, what's a good word? Sketchy company? Yeah. Like, yeah. we're not, we're not exactly sure how bad it is, um, but it seems awfully bad in a lot of ways. And so. And turbulent. Like, it just never seems to be smooth sailing. There's always something bubbling around that's kind of off. Base. Yeah, their identity has always been one of disruption, and and if that is your identity, like you're you're not presenting something that is, uh, this is something that is, uh, 
that is nice, nice to the existing body of, of what's going on. And you know, you're going to have, it's not a good legacy to leave necessarily of having it just well, be disruption. But was Apple, was Apple nice to, to, um, IBM? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I guess they could argue they're just being disruptive. Yeah. But they follow general laws. Yeah, sure. They did. <laughs> they like did. they they followed the laws of the land. Like Uber's one to like get away with not following the laws of the land if they can possibly help it. That's true, yeah. Especially with regard to treatment of employees, both in yeah. like compensation and the things that we talked about on episode 76. Yeah. Yeah, so I I don't I I'm not I I think probably I lean on the same side as you Derek. Like I think um it does seem like Enough has happened where to to where it is at the point that I think it's sort of warranted for a government body to, uh, if they feel it's the right thing to do, which obviously they, they have made that decision already to step in and say we need to um, put like a blanket protection on, it, on our people um, because there's just too much um, dodgy stuff going on in this one company. I guess for now, we'll just conclude by saying that Uber seems like it's on the way to Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Our sponsor this week is Missionalware, your reformed theology gift shop. Missionalware designs fun and useful things to broadcast your faith and display your reformed nerdery for the world to see. They have some really beautiful designs with creeds, quotes, and the faces of various reformers available for printing across a variety of items, including clothing like t-shirts and hats, their moleskin journals, Drinkware like beer glasses, insulated tumblers, uh, some beautiful posters, and way more. They've got cutting boards, even. Uh, Missionalware has been doing their thing for over six years, and they've grown an impressive library of designs and items that will appeal to any theologian, whether you've just started discovering our history or whether you've been a theology nerd for years. Check them out at missionalware.com. That's missionalware.com to get your lifestyle on mission to the glory of God. And thanks to them for sponsoring Tech Reformation. Ben, what did you want to talk about? My topic this week is a tweet, and it's a tweet from Twitter, and it reads thusly, it's a quote, Peace cannot be kept by force, semicolon. It can only be achieved by understanding, period. And the quote is by Albert Einstein, hashtag peace day. I think it was two days ago. Do you always read punctuation? No, I don't. Just when I'm talking to Siri and you guys. Now, seeing a quote by Albert Einstein on the internet, I must immediately Google this Check to make sure it's actually Albert <laughs> Einstein. I did not do that. So this will be interesting if it turns out to be debunked on our show live. Okay, I see a bunch of, I see a bunch of it. I, I see a bunch of corroboration. His involvement with the bomb, right? I reckon it's probably one that could be his quite easily. It sounds like something he would say. In reference to the atomic bomb, I think. Because he wasn't that keen on the whole dropping A-bombs on people. Yeah. Thing. Anyway, my uh, question for you guys is, can peace be obtained by understanding? Uh, no, true peace, no. <laughs> well, hang on. Can I clarify? Do you mean understanding between humans or uh, understanding between humans and their creator? Okay, good question. Interpretation is always, and defining words is always the, the first stage of discussion and debate. And the way I'm going to just go with my initial interpretation, which was that if we will educate people more, 
then we will attain peace. I think that does justice to what I know of Albert Einstein and what I know of Twitter. Okay. Um, I would disagree on a on a lasting peace sense. I think you, you can probably achieve some level of um, maybe abating um, debate and frustration by doing that, maybe. But even then, uh, the pride in human hearts tends to want to be right a lot of the time, and so there'll always be folk who go, um, you know, I've been educated on something, but I'm still right and they're still wrong. Um, and I need to get frustrated by that. So, yeah, I think I think there's only my answer as a Christian would be there's only one way to proper peace, and that's um, by having peace with God and then having that flow through our lives to peace with other people. Obviously, I totally agree. And I have become maybe overly, but certainly sensitive to these kinds of comments. Um, just a quick anecdote. Um, as listeners know, and as you guys know, I live in Memphis. Memphis is one of the things Memphis is known for, um, is the National Civil Rights Museum, which I toured with my wife, um, and the downline group that we, uh, moved here to be a part of two years ago. So this was a while back. And it basically just chronicles the history of the United States, the Civil War, the Civil Rights mov- Movement, and even some um, racism still today, and just how uh, even the city of Memphis and three other very large cities in the United States, if you look by demographic um, where people live in the city, you notice that there's still quite a bit of um, what some would call segregation. It, just that people don't, it's all homogenous. People live by people who look like them. Um, and when I left the museum, I remember vividly thinking, how could anyone be this stupid? Just seeing (laughs) examples of, um, people treating other people as slaves, which to me seems absolutely absurd. Um, and yet it happened. And I remember thinking, how could anyone be this stupid and being very angered by it? Um, which I think is a righteous anger. I think we can have a, a good righteous anger against things like slavery that are obviously sinful and wrong. Um, but as I think back about it now, I realize that it's not an issue of education. It's not an issue of intellect. It's an issue of sin. And that slave owners needed a new nature, not just to be educated more. Not that education is bad or that intellect is bad. I love, I think of myself as an amateur intellectual. And so I love intellectual things and the <laughs> intellect and thinking and learning and education. It's great. It just can't solve our deepest um, most troublesome and inherent problem, and that is having a sin nature. We do bad things because we are bad people, not because we're not smart enough. And so the thought I had actually wasn't a good one. It's not the case that more education would solve all these problems. It's the case that I think, like Craig said, people need new hearts, and that only comes by God taking initiative on your behalf. Mm-hmm. I would say there is there is some bit that, that like I I kind of understand what Twitter's going for here with this quote, um, saying that peace can be achieved by understanding, not force. Like there's uh, uh, having uh, having a measure of grace towards people. Like uh, like you can interpret that as you know peace cannot be kept by 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 law, but by but by grace, there, there's a kind of a simile there, um, or not a simile. I don't know. It, it seems analogous to me. Um, 
So if I were saying it as a Christian, I might mean something different. Uh -huh. um, but I think yeah. if we want to understand the meaning of something, then we want to understand the author's intent. And so that's what I, when I started off, Craig asked a great question. I think you're asking the same question. What did they mean by this? And, and I think we have to think about Twitter's intent, which I think is very postmodern, secular, common to our culture. Um, let's all just tolerate each other, love each other, is, is what they would say. You know, no hate, those kind of things. And then we'll have peace. And I just want to say that that is shallow and it won't last long because even though we teach people um, more and more things, if you're only hitting the head and it's not sinking down to the heart by the work of God, then it won't bring lasting or deep peace. Ooh, and and we're looking for it. When, if we're looking for it in the understanding, we're looking for it in what is a human ability, like something that we can do through communication and interpretation of information. Um, you know, Ben, that I, you know, I, I, I preached recently on Philippians 4, and the piece there is talking about like an internal peace in our hearts. But it's, but but the key thing that comes out of that is it talks about um, God being the God of peace. So peace is um, a gift that comes from him and therefore he's the source of it. He's, he's where it's found. So actual lasting true peace uh, is, is from him and in him and only found uh, through him. And so I think that that's, you know that's a that's a different kind of peace in a way, but it's relevant for all kinds of peace, whether it's a personal peace or a peace between humans. That that can only be achieved through the source of peace, who is which is the God that we believe in. So, um, yeah, I think yeah, it's absolutely. I I don't want to denigrate peace at all. I, I love peace, and I want to be a peacemaker and someone who pursues peace because we follow someone who's called the Prince of Peace. And because of Romans 5.1, which is uh, an amazing verse that says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is bringing about this peace, like you said, Craig, between God and people. And then that peace, that vertical peace, spreads to the horizontal dimension from one person to another. Very well said. Derek, what do you got this week? So there was this uh, story that broke uh, in America about a, uh, what are they called? They're like, it's not a credit union, it's a, a credit reporting agency. There's like three main credit reporting agencies that like credit cards and mortgage people, like people who basically are looking for the credit history of people that, that people will ask about information for. And then, you know, based on that information, they decide whether or not to give you a credit card or a loan. And uh, Equifax got hacked really, really bad this week. Like, <laughs> millions of people's inf of information was stolen. And this is like security, social security numbers. This is like financial histories. This is a lot of information that could be seriously damaging to people. Um, and, <laughs> and that's not the... That's, that in and of itself is... Um, is something to behold, but their reaction to it is is almost even worse. Yeah, for what it's worth, um, I found a helpful chart from Business Insider that compares um, Equifax against the worst hacks of all time. Uh -huh. um, Yahoo holds the top <laughs> two spots, which is kind Gosh. of funny. Um, and then MySpace and then eBay and then Equifax. It's like number five in the list of the top 10 in terms of uh, number of users affected. So it's, we're in the hundreds of millions in terms of the the 
breadth of this hack. Yeah, exactly. So, so Experian, not Experian, Experian's one of the other main three, but Equifax took the opportunity to offer, um, uh, so they had this site up with like supposedly information, like you could enter your information and see if you were affected by the hack. And, uh, and then de- based on the answer that you got, whether or not you were affected or not, you could get free, um, you could get free identity theft insurance or, or, or protection for however long um, from them. It's a year. Yeah, for like a single year. And this information apparently is random. So you go on, you enter your information, and it will randomly say, hey, yeah, sure, you were, you were affected by the hack, or no, you weren't. And <laughs> with, so clearly they're using this as a as a almost a marketing engine for their own identity theft and identity theft protection. So they're trying to make money off of this horrible thing that they let happen instead of instead of taking a um humble approach to to what happened. My kind of softball question to you guys this week is how ought uh, from a Christian worldview, how ought someone um deal with something like this? How do you respond if you are that company that has leaked hundreds of millions of people's information? Um, with humility and <laughs> asking for forgiveness, probably better than uh, <laughs> uh, trying to make money from it, I would say. I mean, they've done the wrong thing. In I mean, ha- getting hacked is, is always an interesting one because it, it comes down to the question of was your security good? Like in the first place, did you have good measures in place to protect yourself from this kind of thing? I don't know enough about that, and I haven't read enough about this story to know whether or not it was. Um, and as Alex Humphrey pointed out, with the whole wanna cry thing, that's an extremely complicated area. Um, and from what I understand, it's almost seems like almost uh, how long is a piece of string in terms of how secure can you get? Because there's always things changing, and so it's it's a constant um, thing that needs to be kept up to date. Um, and new attacks can come from anywhere, so. Even if we gave them the benefit of the doubt and said they were sort of trying to do the right thing and do as best they could in that area and they got hacked, um, the responsibility would be to, um, do, to, I think, protect your customers where possible. They've obviously failed to be able to do that in this situation. And then I guess there's kind of principles of restitution if possible. <laughs> like, but, but when you're dealing with data, it doesn't, you know, you can't, it's not like you can give someone their money back because the, you're not actually, they're not actually getting a service from you. You're using their data to give to other people, from what I understand. So, really, it needs to be the third option, which is we're really, really, really sorry. <laughs> and, um, and we're not, you know, we know that this was wrong. And it's kind of that the transparency and admitting of fault and lo- seeking forgiveness and reconciliation, if possible. Um, and if it's really serious, I'd say they probably need to bow out of the game. You know, like if, if they actually, if it's inexcusable and they can't redeem it in any way, then they might even need to look at where do they go from here as a business kind of thing. But that's that's for them to work out. That would be my initial thoughts anyway. Yeah, totally agree. I feel like that's very well said, Craig. And while you were so eloquently giving us the proper uh, response to a, a situation like this, I was going to the website uh, to check and see if I got hacked. And I have bad news. Based on the information provided, we believe that your personal information may have been impacted by this incident. Oh, <laughs> Click the button seriously? below to continue your enrollment in Trusted ID Premier. 
Yeah. Oh, that's not good. How do how do they get? I, I have a question which you may not know the answer to, but how do they how do they have the right to have all of your information without you giving it to them? Honestly, I have no idea how this works. Okay, it's kind of a scummy industry that somehow survives without me giving it permission to. Like in Australia, I know I know there's if you go to a bank and ask for a credit card, the bank will do its own credit history check on you. Um, or if you're getting a loan for a house or a car or whatever, they'll do the same thing to make sure that you're going to be able to make repayments and that you're financially stable and all these kinds of things. And I think that's yeah. fair because you're asking for a service from them. Um, you're asking for money from them even. Uh, but in terms of some third party that you have nothing to do with, that just seems really, that seems like an invasion of privacy that even as a non-American, I'd be not okay with, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, my limited understanding of this whole business and thing is that in the situation you you used, at least in the United States, the bank goes to a third party like Equifax who runs credit numbers on you. Oh, okay. And so they provide the score, which then I think it's like on a scale of 1 to 800 or something like that, 1 to 750, something like that. Um, and then depending on how high the number is, they can basically assess the confidence they can have that you can repay whatever the amount is um, based on your history, your credit history of what you've been paying, how faithfully you've been paying it, um, how much you've paid, how long you've paid, all those kinds of things are assessed. Um, and then they give you a number back based on all that information. They give the bank a number back based on all that information and the bank decides based on this, we will uh, loan you the money or we won't. Or, you know, the analogy goes, you know, to any type of business that's going to let you finance something. So, um, whether that be a a car company or or a bank or or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It might be the same in Australia and I just don't know about it. But I think they all use third parties like Equifax is, is my understanding. Yeah. I should check out whether or not it's the same. As a side note to the conversation... Everyone listening should have identity theft uh, protection or insurance of some kind so that should your identity be hacked, especially considering all of the um, all of the hacks that are so prevalent nowadays, you never know who has your financial info and is going to, you know, get it accidentally stolen. It's like health insurance. Just go get it. Yeah, we, we live in as bad a time as, as there is as far as people wanting your identity. Now with the new iPhone, not only will they want your fingerprint, they're also going to try and cut your face off so they can <laughs> unlock your phone. <laughs> that was great, Ben. That was like a comedy like line. <laughs> just on a really quick, just a, a quick tangent from this topic. When I was sort of searching for some info on this, I came across another article on NPR.org. I don't know much about NPR. I've heard, I've heard the term used, but I can't vouch for the accuracy. Anyway, um, it says, after massive data breach, Equifax directed customers to fake sites. So, apparently, they set up a website, um, which was uh, an ink, and then through their own Twitter account, they used an incorrect um, domain name, which was similar but different to the one that they'd set up. Uh, So, it was kind of like an error within an error. Um, And so, then they had to apologize for using the wrong one and take it down and all that kind of thing. And it's just um, the guy who'd set up the one that they used didn't actually do anything bad with it, but he kind of used it to point out that they've just it's just a mess and they probably need to do a lot better. <laughs> so yeah, it's a icky situation. Not good for anyone involved by the sounds of it. We'll have to do a few more of the how to not get hacked segments. 
on the show. Yeah. Oh, Maybe yeah. we should have Alex Humphrey on sometime and talk about that. That'd probably be good. Yeah. Well, that's all for my topic this week. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so by jumping in our Slack team. Sign up at slack.techreformation.com. And if you would like to give us a shout on Twitter, uh, let us something or let us know something that that we should know, a little tidbit, little correction, you know, whatever. You could just say hi. Um, and 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 let us know you're out there. Uh, we're at Tech Reformation on Twitter. And you can also visit our website, techreformation.com, to search for past shows and topics. And if you're still listening right now, you are one of our favorite listeners. So please go to Apple Podcasts right now. Before the end of the sound of my voice, open Apple Podcasts, pull up Tech Reformation, and leave us a review. Leave all the stars and some nice words because people read those and it raises us in the rankings and then more people listen and we have more and more listeners and more and more people in the slack team every week by god's unbelievable grace alone people listen to this and more and more people keep listening to it because of great people like you who join the slack channel and leave us ratings and reviews so help us out in that way if this has been a blessing to you thank you very much this has been Tech Reformation. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. And I ain't looking back. No, no. I ain't looking back. No, no.